Ah, people of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun, Barrett for Long. And if you're listening to this when it is released, well, it's 11 a.m. on June 14th. And this is your Sunday service. So this is what I'm hoping that you're going to do. I'm hoping that you're going to prepare yourself. I'm hoping that you're going to get your mind right. I realize that you could not get up at us or with us, should I say, at 7 a.m., but you're here now at 11 So go on ahead, get yourself in tune, connected, get your Bible, your iPad. You can read it with your phone. Just plug this in your ear and just go and read and pray and sing with us as we go throughout this service. And let this be your moment of meditation. Let this be your moment of inspiration, wherever you are. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a few moments to get ready. About two moments to do. Two minutes, I think that's about good. Awesome sauce, awesome sauce. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The second Sunday in June, our call to worship for the first virtual church found in Psalms 100, verses 1 to 2 and 4 to 5. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before him with shouts of joy. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyards with praise. Thank him. Bless his name. Because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. Amen. 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 And I'd like to this morning um, to quote that which we believe, and that is, we strive to walk together in Christian love. We will strive to avoid a contentious spirit. We engage to watch over, to pray for, to exhort, and stir up each other unto every good word and work, to participate in each other's joys, and with tender sympathy, bear one another's burdens and sorrows. Yes. To be slow, to give or take offense, but ready for reconciliation. And when we leave each other, we engage as soon as possible to reunite and can carry out the spirit of this covenant, both with God and with each other. Hallelujah, Amen. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Following this morning, we have Reverend Elizabeth with our morning prayer, and then Sister Clarice will read this morning's scripture. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. This morning we come to you this morning, God, as your word told us to praise you and to magnify your holy name. We thank you this morning, God, for all you're doing for us. We thank you, God, you let us come together once again. And as we come, God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for keeping us another week. Thank you, O God. Lift up our heads above all our situations, knowing, God, that you are with us, God, knowing that you care all about us, God, knowing 
knowing that you understand every situation. We don't see, we don't even understand, we don't even know why. But, God, we can trust you because you told us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and that you will direct our path. And, God, we trust in you this morning to just direct us, God. We love you, God, because you first loved us, and we care so much about you, God. We, you care so much about each one of us, God. You have brought us through many dangers, toils, and snares. And, God, you have been there with us. Let us always remember where we come from. Let us remember, God, that it was you that has brought us this far. It was you, oh, God, that care about us, God. And we just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, God, because you love us, God, and you making a way. We don't see the way, but, God, we know you already got the way made. We know, yeah. God, that you are there for us, God, and we yeah. just thank you, God. Be with us, God. Bless every speaker. Bless everyone that's having a listening ear this morning. You know our heartaches, God. You know our disappointment, God. You know the fears and the doubts that's trying to take us over. But, God, we curse everything that's not like you this morning. And we going and trusting you this morning. We don't see, but, God, we're going to trust you. We don't understand, but, God, we trust in you. And we know that you're going to work it out. And we said thank you this morning. We just praise you and we love you. Give your name all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh Our scriptural reading this morning uh, focuses on Christian patriotism. And the translation from which I am reading is the Common English Bible, the CEB. Our scriptures are Psalm 3312. Proverbs fourteen thirty four, Romans thirteen verses one through five, First Peter two verses thirteen, fourteen and seventeen, and Matthew twenty two twenty one. Again, our focus is Christian patriotism. Psalm thirty three twelve. The nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom the God has chosen as his possession is truly happy. Proverbs 14:34. Righteousness dignifies a nation, but sin disgraces a people. Romans 13, verses 1 through 5. Every person should place themselves under the authority of the government. There isn't any authority unless it comes from God and the authorities that are there have been put in place by God. So anyone who opposes the authority is standing against what God has established. People who take this kind of stand will get punished. The authorities don't frighten people who are doing the right thing. Rather, they frighten people who are doing wrong. Would you rather not be afraid of authority? Do what's right, and you will receive its approval. It is God's servant given for your benefit. But if you do what's wrong, be afraid, because it doesn't have weapons to enforce the law for nothing. It is God's servant put in place to carry out his punishment on those who do what is wrong. That is why it is necessary to place yourself under the government's authority, not only to avoid God's punishment, but also for the sake of your conscience. 1 Peter 2, 
verses 13 and 14. For the sake of the Lord, submit to every human institution. Do this whether it means submitting to the emperor as supreme ruler or to the governors as those sent by the emperor. They are sent to punish those doing evil and to praise those doing good. First Peter 2, verse 17. Honor everyone. Love the family of believers. Have respectful fear of God. Honor the emperor. Matthew twenty-two twenty-one. Now this verse uh, follows after... Um, a scene where the Pharisees are trying to entrap Jesus into uh, answering a question about whether or not they should pay taxes to the Caesar. It reads, Then he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The reading of the word. Amen. 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 As this morning's meditation. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, when when I look for a scripture to read, it, you know, I just rely on the Lord. And, and this morning, or uh, actually this week, he laid on my heart that I should read First Peter. And uh, we've kind of followed. But I am in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And this is something that we should uh, definitely listen to and uh put into practice, uh, especially in the way the world is today, and uh, we know that uh, who is in charge, okay? First Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, as you be of one mind, uh, having compassion for one another, like brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, blessing that you will receive when you um, when you are called to do so, then you will inherit the blessing. Amen. First Peter chapter three verses eight and nine. Yeah, God calls us that. Uh, well, Peter's talking to us, and he says that if we listen to what is in our hearts and how we have compassion for everyone that, that God's going to bless us. That's uh, God's promise. And, and uh, we shouldn't return evil for evil. And, and we should, uh, which, you know, the Bible talks about that uh, over and over again. So when, you know, we have the opportunity uh, to uh, be a lighthouse for God in this world and be for Jesus, that we have to take that opportunity to to profess that and to let people know that uh, that's what we believe in. Uh, we show love and, and compassion for one another and that uh, they want a little bit of it. Uh, I have a friend that was in the situation and actually he was incarcerated and he was in the the... Uh, I guess you want to call it like a community room watching TV with some of the other uh, prisoners and uh, he wanted to watch some Sunday service and he was brave enough. He got up and he got the remote and he turned uh, the service on and everybody looked at him, but nobody said anything. They all sat there and uh, <laughs> listened to the service 
And after it was over, one of the guys came up to him and said, I, I need what you have. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, that took a lot of courage to get up there and just put, you know, Sunday service on. He says, well, that's what I do every Sunday is watch service. And, uh, you know, regardless of what's going on, he said, well, uh, you know, he said that, that shows that you have, uh, you know, he, he saw his faith and he wanted to have some of that faith too so he could survive in that situation. So, yeah, sometimes we have to be out there and, and put Jesus before everything else, uh, it, no matter where we're at. Um, you know, uh, I have uh, people that I deal, deal with on a, a weekly basis that they know that I'm a Christian and uh they know that I don't uh, uh, tolerate certain things uh, in speech, and, and if they say something that they know that offends me, they look at me and they apologize, and that's well, you know, I said I understand that and I appreciate that, that they would, uh, you know, show that uh, they have that respect for me, but uh, also that they have the respect for God, and that's the that's the main thing. We know that God will persevere and overcome everything that's uh, that's in our lives as long as we stay strong and and who he wants us to be and and i know that uh, satan throws all kind of traps and snares in our way to try to trip us up and make us fall and so that he he can laugh in the face of god but uh, we know that god will uh, prevail and take care of everything uh, we know that God wins in the end, and and we want to be in that winning team. We want to, you know, we want to see the face of God. We want to see the face of Jesus. So we have to, you know, if we have compassion for one another, then we will get the blessing that God has promised us. If we love one another, we will get the blessing that God has promised us. And if we faithfully serve God, He will give us that blessing. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, our hymn of this morning that I want us to focus our attention on is uh, hymn number... Uh, well, I didn't put what hymn was. It doesn't matter what number it is. We don't read the books anyway these days. But it's called God of Our Fathers, whose almighty hand like us to meditate on these words just for a few moments. It says, God of Our Fathers, whose almighty hand leads forth in beauty all the starry band of shining worlds in splendor through the skies, our grateful song before thy throne arise. Thy love divine has led us in the past. In this free land by thee our lot is cast. Be thou our ruler, guardian, Guide and stay, thy word our law, thy path our chosen way. For war alarms from deadly pestilence, by thy strong arm our ever sure defense. 
Thy true religion is our heart's increase. Thou bounteous goodness nourish us in peace. Amen. Amen. I want to say a few uh, things as we begin to to get into our prayer this morning. Uh, Saturday is very, very excruciating for uh, someone like me. All the preachers, uh, the Sunday morning regulars would understand that. And uh, I was, uh, it was a little bit more excruciating this week to the fact that I might have gotten to bed at quarter to five this morning. And I looked at the clock, and I looked at uh, the phone, TV, everything, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to get up with this alarm, because once I get into this good sleep, I might not wake up. And I heard the voice of one of our sisters on the phone, our dear mamas on the phone. She said, I pray every morning, Lord, let my eyes open at 6 o'clock. And I just want to say that I was in the middle of a deep dream. I can't tell what the dream was. But it was almost like God took the remote control and turned the TV off. And when I sat straight up, it was 6 o'clock. <laughs> and, I, and I said, the prayer of our mamas worked. And then I say that because it brings the question why it took till quarter to five to get to bed this morning. And I'm going to talk about it a little later, but is uh, Pastor Booth here? I'm here. Right, I'm, I'm going to need you to stay by because we're we going we to go, we go old school today. Now, I'm going to need you to go down there and get Daddy Mason out if you, if you don't mind. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because uh, the question uh, rings as to why I didn't get to bed until quarter to five this morning. And I began to look at the record. We have been here now two months together. And in two months, we've had fellow congregants being fatal or totally destructive car accidents. In two months, we've had people come down with severe illnesses. In two months, you might have noticed it was quiet this morning because our piano player phone went out. We have people on here who are struggling to, to get in the situation. And I felt the spirit of depression. There's a huge spirit of frustration and depression that rests over many of us. And I was looking, and I'm not going to uh, focus my attention on what's going on anymore, but I am going to tell you a story because it popped into my head this morning. 
And the story was in 1996. In 1996, I was in Bowling Park Elementary School. And it was a time when, if you are from Norfolk, you will realize that Bowling Park Elementary School was not only the top black school, it was the top school in Norfolk, dare I say, in the state. Yes, it was. And there was a little issue. And I saw the headlines. I saw the news. After back then we had what is called the standard, the LPT test. We hadn't started SOLs yet. Literacy passport test is what they called it. And I remember the school passed that test with a 97% passing rate. And they said that was impossible. And I remember watching the news, and it said, no way black kids can be that smart. So they said that they were cheaters, and they retested them. And I was in the school when depression began to hit. I was in the school when students was crying. I was in the school when teachers was angry. That was our attack of racism. That was the first time we understood white versus black, east versus west. And we had a principal named Dr. Herman Clark. Some of you remember him. Yes. And Dr. Herman Clark walked in that school, and he didn't mention anything about racism. He didn't mention anything about segregation. He didn't mention anything about the East versus West. He said, we did it once, we'll do it again. Amen. And they retested him. And we went to school on Saturday. We went to school after school. We had cookouts. We had sleepovers. We slept in the middle of the floor of the auditorium right there, 2861 East Princeton Road. I invite you to go look at the building. And we sat there and tested it, had pizza parties and all sorts of things. And the next time they tested, the school did not pass with a 97% percentile. It passed with a 98. All right. And then they said, well, that's not possible. So they broke the whole school up. And I sat in class of 32 and watched as they brought this woman in who did not care. Now, I'd been in that school at that point for six years and had never seen a suspension, not even a detention for that matter. But I watched as 27 of my classmates were suspended just because she didn't care. Now, I saw the rise, and then I saw the fall, and then I said, what was the thing that held that glue together? Was it Dr. Clark? Well, he was a good man. God used him. He sure did. But Dr. Clark did something that those definitely on the inside will remember. There was a day that 
there was 10 school buses lined up on the bus ramp. He bussed every student to New Hope Church of God in Christ, 3232 Breast Avenue, right over there in the launch, not launch, my, the near Lafayette. Dr. Herman Clark Sr., his father was the pastor. And he marched every child across that altar. Every last one of them. He did it maybe at least one time that I can remember for certain. And I remember this morning that from that moment there was not a suspension. From that moment there was not a detention. From that moment, there might have been a little bit of problems, but you didn't hear about it. Nothing negative was in the news between 1995 and 1997. I challenge you to go to the pilot and look it up. Because they took prayer out of school, but that man took us to the prayer house. Yes, right. And I remember, Pastor Booth, if you're ready, That old preacher got up and sang one song, a song that resonated with the song of the old Kojic movement. He didn't pray a long prayer. He didn't spit on nobody. As every child walked past, he just laid his hand and said, yes, Lord. He said, yes, Lord, until... Depression stopped. He said, yes, Lord, until home problems became non a non-issue. He said, yes, Lord, until parents came into the school. He said, yes, Lord, until crackhead mamas came in and picked up books and got their GED. All that pastor did was said, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you what I heard. See, see, this this is what I'm seeing because I was there. And so today I thought about it. And I said, how do you break up this emotional trauma that we're having not only in this particular community of fellowship, but how do you begin the process of breaking it up all over the world? You just say, yes, Lord. Yes, All you got to do is just say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shock brothers. Get right. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Until grandmamas and grandpapas come. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Until daughters get their minds right and children. Sons and, da- and granddaughters. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pastor Boop, you are the singer. You got it in you. Can you just sing it for us till we get till we get in our spirit? Just for five, just for a few moments. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ah, yes, Lord. 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 When the body, the flesh should know there's a yes in my spirit. Yes, Lord. Trouble on the left, trouble on the right. Yes, Lord. Trouble in our homes, trouble in our streets, trouble in our schools. Yes, Lord. Trouble in our government, but yes. Lord, yes, 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 Lord. There's a yes, there's a yes in our spirits this morning. Hallelujah. There's a yes, there's a yes, there's a yes in our souls this morning. Our souls. Yes, 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 yes to your will, yes to your way, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Sometimes we don't know what to say, but we say yes, Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. Our mind is all over the place, but our spirit says yes, hallelujah. Our streets are going crazy, but our spirit says yes, 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 yes. Sometimes our bodies are wrecked with pain, but we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We wake up every morning not knowing where the next minute is going to bring us, but yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We get those three pennies at the beginning of the month, but we don't even know how we're going to make it to the end, but our still our soul said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Oh, the doctor that gave us some bad reports, but we believe your report. So therefore, we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You didn't bring us this far to leave us now. So therefore, we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You woke us up this morning, so it's a yes in our spirit. You gave us breath in our bodies. It's a yes in our souls. Hallelujah. We don't look to man. We don't look to government, but we look to you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we say yes, Lord, to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Our very soul says yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't hear nothing else. We blinded our eyes and our ears to the devil.
help them. But we say yes to you, Lord God. We say yes, yes. Our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. So we say yes to you today. Hallelujah. Oh, we say yes, Lord. Yes, so we'll go. We come this far by faith. Leaning on you, Jesus. We've been leaning on you, Jesus. We leaned on you for a long time. When people said, why are you leaning? But we kept on leaning because there was a yes in our spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They told us, why are you praying to somebody that don't hear prayer? But we knew that you always hear prayer. There's a yes in our souls. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Our children, sometimes we don't even know where they are. Hallelujah. But there's still a yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes the responsibility has fell on us and it should have been on somebody else. But there's still a yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you, God. We thank you, Lord God. We didn't think we were going to make it. Ten years ago, we didn't think we were going to make it. Twenty years ago, we didn't think we were going to make it. Fifty years ago, so many things just tossed us now that we've been. But you brought us through, and you brought us to a time like this, just to say yes. In 2020, we never believed that things would be like they are, like they are. But we still saying yes to you, Lord God. We still saying yes. We still saying yes. We still believing in the prayers that we prayed. We still believe in the hope of your word. We still believe on the confession of our faith. We still stand on the rock. We still stand on your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you for stopping by our homes right now. We thank you for stopping where we are right now to touch us, Lord God. You touched us and you woke us up and you gave us breath. That's to tell you you, yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we thank you. And we praise you, Lord God. We know that no weapon that's formed against us shall be able to prosper because there's a yes in our spirit. We know, Lord God, that the enemy comes in like a flood. But we will trust you, Lord God, because there is a yes, Lord God. Yeah, though we walk through the valley and shout of the death. No, no, no. We feel no evil because you are with us. There's a yes in us, Lord God. And we praise you, Lord. And we Give your name the glory. All of the glory. Hallelujah. All of the glory. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every tear is a yes. Hallelujah. Every tear is a yes. Hallelujah. 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 You are God of our mind and our emotions and our intellect. Hallelujah. You protect our minds. There's a yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. First Peter, chapter number two, verse nine. 
First Peter chapter two. Verse nine. Because you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Because you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then just for fun, Numbers chapter 1, verse 52, it says, the Israelites will camp under the banner of their own because you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Today I want to talk about who we are. I want to talk about who we are. Our loving Father, I ask that you allow me to present your case today, that the people, even more now, will see who you are and what you have for us, without shadow or doubt, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Identity, the fact of being, the characteristics of determining, serving to establish who or what a person, place, or thing is. In the last decade, slightly over 45 million people have had their identity stolen, equating to the sum of slightly south of 50 million in financial loss. I think it's safe to say identity is truly important. The cost of a personal identity beyond our control is excruciatingly high, but more devastating is the identity theft we have yet to recognize. Each and every waking moment, we somewhat willingly, most likely unknowingly, give away bits and pieces of our identity. I say with strong confidence that most of us hearing this message have never truly been exposed to the truth about who we are. We've never really thought about the reality that regardless of what part of these states united, we were born when we begin to truly peel back the genealogical onion, we're all immigrants migrating from somewhere else. Most of us forget there's only one community of people 
one who truly ethnically can claim to be so-called America. And even they aren't truly called by their name. The naming of the Americas or America has been the centerpiece of historical debate among scholars. Some would argue the name came shortly after Christopher Columbus' voyage to the Americas in 1492, which they say he named. While others make the claim it was generally accepted and is generally accepted that the name derives from the Italian explorer name Amerigo Vespucci, who participated in at least two voyages of the Age of Discovery, first on behalf of Spain in 1499 to 1500, and then for Portugal from 1501 to 1502. Let's talk for a few moments about America not just from the perspective of these states united, but America zoomed out, adding in the lights of North, Central, and South America. If you will allow me to begin with our Southern brothers and sisters, South America makes up 32 million people, all of black or brown descent. If I may add here, your color is black or brown, that is not your ethnicity. So I can reiterate, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you see what color you are, but that is not who you are. As we climb northward, and for the sake of time, compiling together all of the Americas, we shall discover a total of 70 million people are black and brown. To give you more context, we as black and brown people make up 1% of the world's populace, but 98% of the world's crime problem. In Latin America, South America is where it's located. The region experienced more than 2.5 million murders between 2000 and 2017. And Honduras, Central America, has the highest rate of international homicide in the world with 6,239 international homicides, or 82.1 per 100,000 of population. And in North America, the somewhat knowing but still shocking reality that for every 100,000 people, 6,010 make up our prison centers with 4,614 being black or brown. And out of that number, 2,306 being black. Can I just break this down more according to the National Prison Ethnicities of Color? Consists of Hawaiian and Islanders, American Indian or Alaskan Native, and all four of those combined make of two persons per 100,000 more than black people incarcerated. I think it's safe to say we have been stripped of our identity. I know to some this is a crazy time. I recognize for many this is hard to handle, a tough pill to swallow. I know you're super confused, and in many cases, 
you're psychologically beaten beyond repair. You can't understand where this came from. You can't believe these things are happening. And in other parts of our overall community, you have the conversation of how, as a nation, have we walked away from God. I personally spent a huge chunk of my adult life rejecting that argument. It confused me. I couldn't quite understand how anyone could at any point consider this nation a Christian nation. I couldn't for the life of me understand how anyone could believe our founding fathers had anything to do or were in any way a student of the scriptures until I read the book. Oh, I read the book. Did didn't we begin with Cain and Abel? That was the first murder. Yeah. What about Joseph, whose brother stripped him of his clothes, left him, and left him to die? That was the first slavery. Then Samson, when they couldn't beat him, they got a woman to help trap him so they could imprison him. Yeah, I say that's the first somewhat me too charge. Was there a single prophet your ancestors didn't harass, Stephen asked, before the religious leaders? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and you betrayed and even murdered him. But that individual people, of course, they never did this to a nation of people. No, no, no. There was never a time when a group of people tried to wipe out a whole nation just because. Wait. Wait. There was that time, you remember, in Exodus. You remember that time when the king of Egypt said to his people, the Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. Come, let us be smart and deal with them. Otherwise, they will only grow in number. But I hear you. Some would argue these deserve what they got. I won't even try to rebuke, refute it. But I would ask you about this one gentleman, this fellow who knew no sin, one who no one could formulate a suitable case against. One who even the governor was so confused about why he was on trial. Why did you do it? Why did you whip him unmercifully? Why did you drag him through the streets like a dirty rat? Why did you hang him in the company of two of the worst criminals ever? Why? I asked. The moment that question is understood is the moment everything around us will begin to make sense. The moment we see 
that if one won't even love God, loving me is impossible. But I got to deal with my point before I put this to bed. Because Jacob had 12 sons. I'm not going to read all of them. You can check them out when you have your time of meditation. But they are significant. Because it explains who we are. Most of us only know of the ghettos of Chicago or the hood life, hard rock streets of New York. We don't know that we come from a people like Frederick Douglass who was an African-American social reformer, an abolitionist, an orator, a writer, a statesman, and arguably one of the first black politicians. Most of us have no clue that black people had their own Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or a Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first female black millionaire. We were never taught who we were. Rather, we were constantly told what we couldn't do and where we couldn't go. We were always trained to be what someone else wanted us to be instead of what we were created to be. I believe the founder read the Bible, but they just skipped over a few chapters. Because if they had read the whole book, there'd be no question of our individuality. If they read the whole book, they know that we were individually knitted together in our mother's womb to be marvelously set apart. But how about before I even got to the womb, before the biological builders could construct me, before the seed was planted, even before the drawings of me were created on the easel of the great architect himself? The Bible says God called and conducted an ordination service. And then came back down yonder and said, look at here. Who cares? If the politicians ignore you, who cares if the educators think you're not smart enough? Who cares if the highfalutin that communicates you from their presence? I still know. The plan I have in mind for you. There are plans for peace, not disaster. To give you a future field with hope. I wish somebody knew whatever we're going through right now is not in the plan. Do I have anybody that knows this is not in the plan? Amen. That depression is not in the plan. Drug dealers are not in the plan. Convicted felons are not in the plan. And not only is it not in the plan, it's not who I am. I believe it's time that I bring this to a close. That we stop answering to what others are calling us. 
-hmm. an answer to who we are. Mm -hmm. We are a chosen race, mm -hmm. a royal priesthood, a holy people who's God's own possession. But as I bring this to a close, another thought came to my mind this morning. When I was thinking about identity, I was thinking about well, how do we find this identity? Well, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Uh -huh. But he also shared something with me that was very fascinating. He said to me, or just showed it to me, I'm not going to make you believe God spoke to me, just came down and sat in a chair and we had a Coca-Cola together. But it was an idea that popped into my brain. I saw my two puppies. I had two puppies. One was Miracle. I call her Miracle because I got her fresh out of high school and I had been asking my grandma for a dog for 25 years and she would never let me have one. And then the neighbor next door had some puppies and she said I could have one so it was a Miracle. And that dog, Miracle, you could not make her leave this house. She would run out and go for her little run down the strip and everything, and we would chase behind her because we didn't want her to get out. I didn't realize she was just playing, and she kept running because she wanted me to chase after her. She just wanted to play. And I would run, and the moment I got out of breath, and I would make my way back to the house slowly, the dog would beat me back to the door. Because everything that that dog needed was in this house. Then we got this one right here. And this is a weird little thing. Never seen anything like it. Don't even know. Didn't take her to obedience school or nothing. But she'll go outside, and she'll sit on the porch. No gate in front of the gate on the porch, nothing. Just sit there and look at the water like she owns the place. Won't come off that porch. Now, maybe once or twice she might want to go for a run, and she'll run down the strip, and she'll come right back. Because everything she needs is in the house. And then something else came to me. I started seeing something about doctors, and I don't know why I saw it, but I saw it. And it said, you know, the church is the place for those who are spiritually wounded. Uh -huh. It's the spiritual hospital, if you will. And just like you won't go to a hospital that doesn't service you, we recognize why people won't go to a church that's not spiritually healing them. So I've come to the conclusion 
that there are people who are spiritually dying because they'll stay with a doctor out of loyalty mm-hmm. rather than find a doctor that will minister to their soul. Mm-hmm. And then that was the final piece, and this smacked me like a ton of bricks. I, I just couldn't breathe after this one. The question popped into my head, Brother Eric, do you recognize why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night? I had no clue. And then it just as clear as day popped up. Nicodemus was a good preacher in the wrong church. But he could not convince himself he had too much to lose. He was high. He was polluted. He knew that where he was was not benefiting him, was not bettering him. He knew that he was not getting anything from it, but he had to stay there because my mama was here. My grandmother was here. He came to Jesus at night because he was desperate. But he couldn't let go of what was hurting him to get what could help him. I want to make a plea this morning. Because there are people who are dying in this world. There are people who are struggling in this world. There are people who need hope in this world. But if the dog didn't know where he belonged, how can anybody else find their way home? If we have good preachers in the wrong church, how can people get the proper care and help that they need? So I'm not trying to tell you where to go. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But I believe that everybody, there is a plan. And the plan is not to sit there and get angry at what they're doing down there. Because we all got children that are messed up. We got husbands that are messed up. We have daughters and, and granddaughters and aunts and uncles that are messed up. And we have to have a hospital for them to come to. So if I could ask you today, Would you find where you fit? I don't generally come to you you direct question. But today I ask, if you would, find your place. Who are you? And walk in that. Reverend? Amen. 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 
Are you ready to find your place? Are you ready to choose your place among the chosen race, the holy nation? Family, I ask you, are you ready for your future filled with hope? Do you want to rededicate your life to the Lord? Are you ready for yes, Lord? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. I offer the prayer of salvation and rededication. Father God, I believe with all my heart that Jesus died on the cross for my sake and has risen from the dead. Lord, I receive your word and I repent of my sins and I renounce the past. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Help me find my place, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Reverend, Reverend, Reverend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to, uh, before I forget, because this, this is what you call one of them audibles, we forgot to remind the people about Wednesday Bible class, prayer meeting, yes. on Wednesday right here on the same number. We were here last week. Anybody enjoy last week? Yes. Yes. We'll be back here next, this coming Wednesday at 7 a.m. And so please join us if you want to be a part. If you want to get, if you want to find your identity, we're going to be turning. We're going to be making spiritual U-turn. That's what we started last week. Is that right? Amen. Yeah. We're going to continue this week. Sorry, Rev, you can get us take us home. Amen. Father, we just say thank you. Yes, Lord. For the benediction now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and even God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your heart establish in you every good word and work. Be well, family. Amen. 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 Before we leave, I want to make sure that you understand something. This is a community. Even though you're listening to us via the podcast, You can still connect with us. You can email me. You can email me one or two ways. The first way you can email me is thevirtualchurch at gmail.com. Or you can send me a personal email, ericdeshawnbarrett at gmail.com. All the links are going to be downstairs in the show notes for how you can connect. And not only how you can connect with me, but how we can build and grow together. Are you willing to do that with me? I'd appreciate it if you're listening to this for the first time or someone sent this to you and you don't know how to connect. Maybe you are a podcast person of the Spotify world or a podcast person of the Apple world or, oh God, do I need to start naming where you can listen to this podcast? Wherever you are, I ask that you please do whatever the platform is required 
whether it's like, whether it's subscribe, whether it's follow, whether it's add. That way you can not only join us every Sunday, but you can join us during the week when we do our daily Bible studies. Is that awesome sauce? I think it's awesome sauce. And I look forward to connecting with you not only on Sunday, but each and every time we can. Again, the links are downstairs for how you can do that. This has been a great day. It's been a great service. It's been wonderful to connect with you. And until the next time we can do this, for me and mine, unto you and yours. Later.